Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on September 2nd, 2020, last quarter of the year. Anyway, uh, I want to tell you a bit about racism in Canada. There was an article about it. I mean, anything that happens in the United States, we have to copy here because, you know, you're way more exciting than we are. Okay, so there's an article about racism in the news. And uh, what interested me was that it included a number of micro aggressions microaggressions and i want to share them with you because you know what sometimes it's hard to tell in advance if you're doing something wrong okay so i'm giving you a heads up don't say you never heard about it okay the first example was from a young woman she came here from brazil and since she came to canada she says she's always having to tell people that the language in brazil is not Spanish, okay? It's not Spanish. They don't speak Spanish in Brazil. That's very irritating. Have some respect, okay? Everybody in the States knows that animal. I'm just telling you, Canadians must not know that. We are much closer to Brazil, so therefore Uh we fully understand they speak Portuguese, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Well, what about this? I'm not done. A professor at the University of Toronto said, here's his quote, he says, a Nigerian student once uh, was, he was once asked about Boko Haram just because he was from Nigeria. Man! Imagine that, okay? You know, Boko Haram is that jihadist terrorist group, in case you don't know. They kidnapped a bunch of girls and, uh, Michelle Obama was holding up a sign saying, bring back our girls. It was very famous a few years ago. Anyway, uh, this professor well, also said... you're not said, talking about Proko Haram. No, no not Proko Haram. This is nothing to okay. joke about, Jer. Boko. Boko. No, I'm not okay. joking about it. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, he also said that white people will tell Africans when they meet them that they've been uh, to the Congo or on safari. And he says, this is like someone from Africa telling a Canadian that he's been to Texas. Okay? <laughs> right? Uh, I, I'm going to come back to this one. Uh, put, put a bookmark there. I'm coming back to that. Okay? Well, I'll talk about it right now. Okay? Uh, once a famous sorcerer from the United States called me up, <laughs> and he says, I'm in Vancouver. Let's go for a coffee. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, right? I thought he was joking. It's 3,000 miles away from here. 
You're supposed now, to be absolutely pissed off at that blatant racism. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I thought it was funny at the time, but now I know, yeah, now I know no. better. Okay? Microaggression. Okay. Passive-aggressive yep. racism. The final example is this young guy from India who works at a phone store. I think he's a student, but he also works at a phone store. He noticed that he would often uh, have to repeat his words because people claimed not to understand what he was saying, even though he speaks very slowly. (laughs) Really? Okay. I mean, so watch out, everybody. You you know, you could be insulting people uh, without even realizing it. Just like I didn't realize that I was insulted by that sorcerer. Okay. Let's go for coffee. Wow. Anyway, you don't yeah. even know when but, you're being hit in the face with a big I guess fish, I'm pretty dumb. I'm pretty dumb. God. But uh, if you want to hear more tips about stuff like that, stay tuned oh, for Jerry Jerry. What's recruiting animal. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And your 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 uh, you intro know, there. What? Here we go. Your your intro there reminded me of what what a tenuous time really the whole world is in right now. I mean, not only do you have to be aware of these various microaggressions micro-racisms, if you will, then to take it a step further, you have to be aware of every opportunity to be offended. And you don't want to miss an opportunity to be offended. No, Jerry, I don't get what you're saying, but I got a feeling you're putting us in hot water here, okay? No, no, I'm saying be on the lookout. There are offenses everywhere. Don't pass them by. Point them well, out. Find yeah, the yeah. Op- Isn't that what we're Notice them, doing? but don't do them. Are you advising our guests to be uh, offensive? No, you're not doing that. No, offended. Okay. Oh, offended. okay. Yeah, take every opportunity. I'm kind of glad I, I didn't get offended. I could go the whole day and pass, yeah. pass up a dozen chances to be offended. But yeah. now I'm more aware. I'm, I'm, I'm spotting 10 or 11 of them now. Okay. And I'm taking advantage okay. of every one. Okay. You know, before before I knew Jerry, I would say offensive things about people from the Midwest. I'm sure I did, but I, you know, I changed my mind. Okay, okay. Anyway, let me do. Let me thank the the sponsors before we get going. Staffingdebt.com. If you're an agency recruiter and one of your wonderful clients decides to cheat you and hire your candidate without letting you know. Call these guys. They specialize in doing collections for recruiting agencies. Rich Rosen, super recruiter, he endorses them. PCRecruiter.net. Wow. They're the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. If you are a recruiter, big or small, they love you. Don't forget that. HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com. Okay. 
They are the super duper sourcing tool. I got I got uh, Shally is the guest today. I'll say in a minute, and I got a lot of questions about sourcing to ask him. And finally, hone it h o n e i t dot com, the online interview recording technology, audio, video, transcript. They got it all. Okay, and Shally, welcome to the Recruiting <sighs> Animal Show. Hey, thanks, man. Good to be here. What an honor. I got to tell you, for Ashali, for me, is always going to be the Elvis yeah. Presley of sourcing. I can't believe that I got him on my show. Yeah. And, like, this is the third or fourth time he's been on, but it's just unbelievable. Thank you, Shally. Thank you, Shally. Okay, I'm going to introduce you in a – everybody knows who you are, but I'll, I'll give it – but first I want to give you some real quick questions, okay? Ready? All right. You'll go for it, yeah. yeah. Ready, uh, Jerry? Can you hear Shally? Because I can barely hear him. Can you hear him? Uh, he's he's a, yeah, it's typical Shally. I mean, I expected he's 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 a computer researcher guy. Is that better? I mean, you know what? He's not a radio Shally. announcer. Not yeah, a radio Jerry, I, I think that's like a microaggression. Okay, I think that's a even a little maybe a, an aggression. Okay, it's graduated. True. Okay. Anyway, Thank Shally. you, Animal. Animal, okay. yeah, you and I need to hold each other accountable. Thank you. I hope so. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Shally, I'm do you ready. think you could learn some sourcing secrets from the Russian hackers? I mean, you are Elvis Presley, and you say on your LinkedIn uh, summary, introduction, that you are the father of sourcing, uh, talent sourcing. Okay. You say it yourself. What about these Russian hackers? Could you learn something from them? Probably if I wanted to, if I tried. I haven't actually done that, but No, no, I'm I meant sure if you met someone for coffee or something. I mean, you know, or on yeah, the dark probably. web. I mean, do these guys know a lot more than you? I bet they do because they're computer hackers, you know, I'm not a computer hacker. Why not? Wh- which Russian hackers, animal? Oh, the ones that your buddy Trump is uh, hand in hand with, okay? That's who. Not not the ones who hacked into the server Hillary should not have had. <laughs> okay, with, let's no, – no, I'm just trying to picture which ones because those guys were even show. better. <laughs> Next question. Better. Next question. Shally, Shally, yeah, who, ten, who tends to have the higher I – I got a hunch on this one. Who tends to have the higher IQ, recruiters or sourcers? Well, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer because there's IQ and then there's also EQ, which I've been – Yeah, that's my next people. question. That's my next it's question. Important. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, w- I would say that probably if you were to look at IQs in the room, the sorcerer may have a higher than average IQ and the recruiter may have a higher than average EQ because recruiters yeah. are much more in tune with, with you know, People and they're talking to people, and sources are more in tune with, uh, you know, systems and processes and technology and stuff like that. So that's my guess. That's the right answer. Okay, okay. But here's a question for you then: since you yourself divided them, you recognize the division between the two different functions, right? And you told Visionary. us here. You told us here that. many years ago. He is a visionary. Uh, that when Absolutely. he was in charge of sourcing. When he was in charge of sourcing at Microsoft, you know, he divided his team into sourcers and recruiters. He called them networkers, okay? I know what I'm talking about. I even know the jargon term that he used. The sourcers 
They just did name gen, and the networkers, they got on the phone with these uh, potential candidates, right? But then, I don't know, five or seven years ago, I think five years ago, the two roles started merging, and they took these uh, techie geeks. You know, they had the perfect job uh, for people who like things instead of people. They got to work in their basements just on the computer. They didn't have to really talk to anybody, and they turned them into uh, candidate developers. They had to do the initial screen, okay? That seemed to be crazy to me, uh, uh, and some people uh, explain it. I, I won't go on too long. I know I'm, I'm blabbing jelly, but they said, well, you started getting these sourcing tools like HireTool, and that took away uh, some of the heavy lifting from sourcing, so they didn't really need sourcers anymore. What's the truth, Shally? Well, the truth is that all of these sourcing tools depend on LinkedIn for the most part. So you can make the argument that, that because of LinkedIn, then there's no need for sourcers. But LinkedIn's been around longer than mm. all of those tools. And the, the reality is that you know, there was, a, there was a, a short period of time, probably about three or four years. You know, you, you and I have been on this uh, on this uh, business and you know doing recruiting for much longer than that. But for about three or four years, it got really easy to find email addresses because there are all these tools out there that were selling contact information. You know, you had a Chrome extension, you went to a LinkedIn profile, and you could get an email address. So the, the theory is on LinkedIn you can find anybody, and then when you find anybody. But one of these Chrome extensions, you can find any email address. Are you going to answer the question? Hey, Jerry, is he answering the question or just talking more than me? Well, uh, I'd like to interject here, if if I can. Yeah, what does Jerry have to say? The short answer is that I was a little behind today on my researching of the guest. Can he even hear us, Animal? Uh, I can hear both of you, but I can. Hear, I have to strain to hear Shally. I have to admit, okay. So, so okay. I'm, I'm Let's reviewing. Hold on, Jerry. Shally wants to give the short answer. He's coming to the point wow. finally. Okay, he's coming to the point. What is it? The point, Shally. Even though there's a, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear yep. you if I strain. All right. Even though there's a bunch of tools out there, the job is still to find the right people. It's about filtering through all of the data. It's not about how easy it is to get the data. It's about getting to the right data, and that's still the job. Yeah, okay. I don't understand that. Jerry, go yeah. ahead, please. <laughs> go ahead, Jerry. Okay, so, you know, you know part, part of, part of uh, what makes my contribution to this show fantastic is that I research each guest. Uh-huh. Even if they've been here before, I do it uh, each time as if I'm as a brand-new person. So yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Sha- I'm on Shally's profile, and you know how yeah. you can look at their you know their career experience. You scroll down a little bit, and every once in a while you can hit the show five more experiences button, and yeah. you scroll back you know another five or ten years. I've done it forty five times now on Shally's thing, and I'm only back to two thousand seven. Show five more. Show five more. Shally, how many situations have you been in professionally? Here's another five more, and I'm ba- this is unbelievable. I haven't seen anyone with more experiences, quote, jobs than anybody. What's 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 going on here? Animal, have, are you, are you, you know what I'm talking about, Animal? 
I do, but Shally's got he's no Shally has a lot he's got a lot of concurrent things and we'll let him do his plug. Now's plug time. Shally's got a lot of concurrent things going. He's got the Sourcing Institute, the Sourcing Foundation, uh Pfizer. These are all going on at the same time. These are going on at the same time. Check it out. That's all I'm saying. Okay, you know what? We're going to lose our audience unless we, unless we no, let Shally answer some questions. that crap. Contiguously. And then there's also uh, – so most of those that you see down there below, like 2000 uh, – I don't know, 2010 or something mm-hmm. like that, are contracts. So once you go down to 2007, 2006, I did a lot of contracts. So yeah, okay, Shelly, I'm not worried about months. that. You know, Jerry's bragging yeah. that he, he's had some special, you know, goods on you. Okay, no, what you wanted to plug no, something. No, I'm not. I just, I just had a question. <laughs> Nobody that I know has more jobs listed on LinkedIn than Shelly. He's a superman, so okay? We said that already. Is he's the best. I'm asking him, is there a reason for that? Is that? Does that help with your brand recognition? Does that help having companies oh, like – uh, okay, yeah. You know what I'm so saying? What's actually, the value to listing? It doesn't help with anything jobs. related to brand recognition, but what it does is if I add a company, um, it adds the ability yeah. for people at that company to find me. So basically, it makes my profile oh. more accessible to people at that company. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's essentially an SEO tool. See, now we're getting there, Animal. So, yes, that was a good question by me. Thank you, Shally. One of Shally's friends. One of Shelly's friends, by the way, called me up a few weeks ago. Nice guy. I didn't know him very well, though. And he asked me to (laughs) – he said for SEO reasons he wanted to know if I would, you know, uh, uh, press a bunch of uh, skills that he had listed. But So there's – apparently there's SEO tricks that you can do on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. to make yourself more findable. Shelly, you wanted to plug something. What is it? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I wanted to tell people about the Sourcing Foundation. Uh, if you go to the sourcingfoundation.org, just sourcingfoundation.org, it's my nonprofit. We, uh, we, we provide training to people that are coming out of the military, people that have disabilities, and people that have been displaced, and we help them find jobs as uh, sourcers and recruiters. So, uh-huh. And who, who trains them? The, the, so the contributions, the donations, pay you to train them. Is that, is that what they're paying for? No, not really. Um, actually, I, I don't get paid. It's completely volunteer for me. But we, we have about $3,500 a month in operating expenses. That is a, a WordPress website with LearnDash and some other activities. It's a virtual private server hosting. Um, we've got three people that, that are, you know, that currently work with students. So most of the coaching and live instruction is done by these three people. Um, when, I, when I do anything, it's volunteer. So I'm the only one that actually doesn't get paid. Okay, okay. And if someone wants to find you, Shally, what's the best uh, website? What's the domain name? Shally dot c a r r d dot co. Shally dot card with two r's dot co. Because on Jerry, that website, would I've you believe it? Here's the, here's a super sorcerer. You know what? He's trying to hide himself. Worst, okay. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Wow. But you know what? Here's the thing. Shally is so famous, he could do everything wrong, and people wouldn't still have any problem at all finding him. Okay? So, I mean, it's kind of – He can hide from people. LinkedIn and Facebook and everything on it. Yeah. It's too complicated. I'm never going there. Okay. Okay. You're never going to Shally.card.co. All right. Okay. Where are you going to go? LinkedIn? Shally. Because that's the only place you know to go to? 
LinkedIn, that's all I know. I'm okay, a, I'm, shall I'm we? Charlie, let's get to some questions. It's 20 minutes in. We haven't really done anything yet except joke around, okay? Uh, Okay. Except for that good information I provided in the introduction. Okay. You say on your website – okay, I'll ask you some – name three search engines other than Google. Bing, B-I-N-G, which is Microsoft's, Gigablast, which is a um, – it's the last independent crawler. And then Exalead, which is the French search engine. Those are my uh-huh. okay. three favorite Gigablast, searches. Gigablast is your favorite right now, right? I mean, you, you've, That's right. you've got a fetish for Gigablast, right? Certainly do. Absolutely. Total name okay. first on it. Okay. What are the three reasons a recruiter it. should – He did not spell the third one, and you didn't ask him to. Normally, you grill people. What was that third one, Shally? Exalead, E-X-A-L-E-A-D. E S A X E X A L E A D. That's been around for a while. That sounds so horrible. I can't tell what he's saying, and you're not as the host. Well, what can I do? I, I've, I've, you know, I've got technology problems. Okay, look, you know, Eric 903 hand, just dropped off. Yeah. Everybody's going to say uh, to me later. You know, you, you had Shally on the first time he was on, right? I got all kinds of things, yeah. and, and people said you had the greatest yeah. guy on ever, and the you greatest. screwed it up. Now I'm doing the same thing yeah. again. I mean, he's, uh, give me. Yeah, I mean, you've got, on one hand, you've got a recruiting god. Yeah. On the other hand, you got just the crappiest connection. You would think God would have a better phone line. <laughs> no, God doesn't like to make himself too available. You should know that already, Jerry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Michael G. Cox, are you yeah. talking? No, I was just going to say the Exalade. That's that's that Cadillac SUV. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Exalade. That's right. <laughs> okay, Shelly. Shelly, what are the three – very concisely, you know, what are the three reasons that a recruiter should use Gigablast, G-I-G-A, Blast, over uh, Google? Uh, I've got okay. all your – I've got a bunch of them listed, but you give me the top three. Yeah. Number one, I think the most important reason is because they get – they crawl more of the independent content that's not your commercial content. It's not your typical – you know, job postings and people trying to do SEO. Um, and a big part of that comes from the archive.org. So if you're familiar with the Wayback Machine or archive.org, Gigablast is actually the search engine behind that. And that data allows them to crawl a lot more uh, websites that are, you know, deeper in the web. So let's just say non-commercial content would be number one. Number two is the ability to use commands that are not available anywhere else. So they've got, they've got the ability, you've got more control over your search with commands that have actually been uh, removed from other search engines and the search engines never even had in the first place. So you can be more specific in your searches. And then number three, to me, is the ability to create an ad hoc custom search engine by just giving it a list of websites and searching just those websites. So it's like a you know, simple way to do a custom search engine. It, does, it, does it take some genius, some high IQ, as like we were talking about before, in order to uh, figure it out, or you know, can any average person, you know, spend a, a few minutes there and understand it? Yeah. In other words, can we? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Jerry. That's exactly <laughs> what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty simple to use. So I would say anybody that goes on the website can figure out how to get good results out of it. And if you went into the um, 
advanced tab, you can very quickly get up to speed on the commands because the guy that wrote it, he's got a bunch of really good examples there. So I'd say it's, it's super easy. Okay, and you're also endorsing that it's a, a, a search engine that comes from the same guy. It's called Private SH. You call it the most private search engine in existence. Am I right? That's right, yep. They use SSL encryption and separate every query as the header from every query with a query commands. So that's more so private than DuckDuckGo? It, it's more private than DuckDuckGo? Yes, significantly more private. Wow. Uh, and, and, the, and the functionality, uh, how does it compare? It's the same functionality as Gigablast, so it's run by Gigablast. Okay. There, everybody. Private SH. I mean, if you want to, I guess if you want to search uh, something and you don't want anyone ever to know what terms you're searching, private SH. Okay. There um, we go. All right. You finally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, let me let me come back to okay. Uh, besides resume, Shally, name at least two other words people use to describe that same kind of document. Well, CV is pretty common. CV, um, which can sometimes be spelled out curriculum vitae, and some people just use vitae or vita. Um, so I'm not cheating. That's you know three different versions of the same word. And then the third uh -huh. one I would say is bio. As in, like my bio, or you know, just the header, the headline bio. Uh -huh. Bio. Okay, okay. Let's whip through these. Name at least five words you could exclude, exclude from a search to eliminate job ads. Oh, I see. Okay, so if you wanted to eliminate job ads, you could eliminate them based on the domain. So you know, minus indeed.com or minus monster.com, etc. So that's a, a whole category, but I won't cheat. Uh, let's just call all of those one. Then the second one I would say would be minus in URL title or minus in title jobs. So you would remove the, the word jobs from the address or the title of the search. That would be another way to do it. You can also remove the words sample as in like sample resume because you get a lot of those like resume examples or resume writing services like resume writer. That would be another one that I would remove. You see a lot of those. I lost count of my five. Okay. Yeah, well, that's enough. Okay. What would you do if you don't know the meaning of uh, uh, a jargon or uh, a jargon word or acronym? Is that a ridiculous question? Yeah. No, not really. There's a couple of places that I would go to. There's the acronym finder.com and abbreviations.com. They okay. got a really Not good just database Google? of like every possible version. No, uh -huh. because with Google, if you type in an abbreviation, you're going to get the top results. But with those websites, they're going to give you every possible permutation of those abbreviations. So you get to choose from abbreviations. So it's, a, it's a vertical search engine. It's going to help you find the definition of the abbreviation. Try it for yourself. If you want to go into Google and just type, type in JSF, which is – well, it could be a lot of things, but the version of JSF that I'm looking for is Joint Strike Fighter, which is the F-15 that we're developing. Um, if you just type in JSF into Google, you're going to get all kinds of stuff. But if you go to acronyms.com, you'll type in JSF, and you'll get just the definition of several different phrases that are JSF, and you'll see Joint Strike Fighter right there. So it's a, it's a more accurate search. Okay. Next question. How would you find resumes – uh, of Stanford University alumni 
who currently work at IBM? Well, there's a couple ways you can do it. One way would be using the site search, site colon stanford.edu, and then looking for the keywords, you know, I work at IBM or I'm working at IBM, for example. So you'll now see people that are, you know, have content on the Stanford website. Now, you wouldn't know necessarily that they're graduates yet. They could be current students, but you could also use keywords like graduate or something like that to just find alumni. Another thing you could do would be to use Gigaboss, for example, and do a reverse link search. Anybody that's pointing to both Stanford and IBM would be worth a look at because if on my resume I have a link to Stanford, I may have gone to school there, and if I have a link to IBM, I may be working there. Okay, so you have to use uh, Gigablast Giga to get those backlink uh, searches? For that Is that what you're saying? Example, yes. Okay. For that search example, yes. Okay. Anything else? Well, you can also use uh, keyword searches, like graduated from Stanford and work at IBM, and type that into Google. Just use uh -huh. the phrases. So you would put quotations around it, Gradu open quotations, graduated from Stanford, close quotations, and then open quotations, work at IBM, close quotations. Okay. When is it necessary to use more than one search engine? When you used, you got all the results that you needed out of the first search engine, now you need to go somewhere else. Uh, and they're going to give different results like Bing versus Google or Bing versus Gigablast. You're going to get different results on a percentage basis. What percentage of different results are you going to get? You're probably going to get about 70% different. 7-0? 7-0? Seven seven zero? Zero? Yep. Jerry, do you believe that? Are you still with us, Jerry? No, I, no. I, I, I faded out there. 70 what? He says if just, you use a 70. different search engine, you could get 70% different results. 70%. That's unbelievable. Well, it is believable because Shally said it, and I wrote that down. So think about this. A lot of it comes from the topography, right? It's the point. It's the perspective from where you start. Google starts searching the web from their index, and Microsoft starts searching the web from their index. So the point of view from where you start takes you to different destinations. If I started in Atlanta and made three rights and a left, I'd be in a different place than if you started in Toronto and made three rights and a left. So just based on that alone, Google and Bing are going to be mapping different parts of the Internet. Okay. Anybody of else course, got a question? I got, I got lots more questions. Now we're into, we're into the heavy-duty questions. Anybody else want to talk? You know, you're welcome to. Okay. Anybody got a question? I know uh, Mike, uh, Michael G. Cox, or... Ernie or anybody else who's here, you know, uh, is free. Just speak up if, if you decide you want to ask a question. Okay. Okay. What strategies do you use to keep your uh, inbox organized, clear, and uncluttered? Well, uh, basically I got three folders. So my first folder is just the default inbox. Then I've got one for archive, and I've got one for pending action items. So the way I look at it is I can always find anything in my inbox because most systems today have pretty decent search. So if it's something I can take care of right now in the next two to three minutes, I do it and archive it. If it's something that I need to follow up on or that it's going to take me a lot more than a few minutes, 
then I put it in my to-do, everything else stays in my inbox. Okay. And you depend on, on uh, what kind of email do you use, by the way? I actually have Google Apps for Business for my personal, and then at uh-huh. work I use uh, Outlook Exchange. It's actually Office 365 now. Oh, really? Okay. And, and how do they compare? You know what? Um, i got to be honest. Office 365's uh, focus feature is really cool. I've, I've been using it a lot lately. That's where you – it has like two tabs. One tab is for everything that you should, quote, unquote, focus according to them, and the other tab is everything else. The way Google does it, they have like four tabs. I don't know if you've seen social and uh, uh, promotions or whatever. I think the two-tab system it works a lot better because basically I just want everything that is important in my inbox – and everything else, I want it somewhere else. I don't, I don't like having too many folders. I see a lot of folks out there that have, like, in their Outlook, and you might have seen this too, where they have, like, hundreds of folders on the left. That means you've got to figure out what folder something belongs to or, or whatever. I just, I just like having those two basic folders, archive okay. and action items. So I, I like the, the Office 365 much better. Okay. And what's the difference between information and knowledge? Well, information is comprised of data, and data can be just about anything, numbers, coordinates, names. Information is essentially a categorized collection of data, but it doesn't really lead to anything. Once you actually apply that information and use that information in some way to make a decision or to help you make a decision, that becomes knowledge. So put it this way, information that's been interpreted and Interpreted by your experience becomes knowledge. Okay, and that's and, and well, what is the source of this bullshit, man? Let's get back get back to something real. Okay, what's Come the on, benefit? Man. Okay, you know what? I got that question from Shalio. He thinks that's important. Okay, uh, so what's the benefit of so- <laughs> What's the benefit? What, what? Are, are, we, are we taking behind the curtain here? <laughs> We should have known. All right. We sorry. Sorry what? about that. I want to let somebody else. Really. There's other I mean, people on the line. I mean, great uh, question, uh, animal. Okay. What's the Did benefit? Okay. Okay. Okay, Jerry. I'm going to ask a question. Jerry, I'm going to ask a question now that I don't even know what it means. I want Charlie to tell me what's the benefit <laughs> of sourcing. <laughs> 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 You're making me laugh. <laughs> What's the benefit of Shally sourcing sets, sourcing SETS, uh, and cold calling blocks? Focus is the main is the main benefit. What are so they? A, what are they? Sourcing sets sourcing and cold sets calling blocks. And they're basically blocking out your time in in sets. So a set would be a 25 minute block of time where you do a particular dedicated activity, in this case, sourcing. And the reason it's advantageous is because there's been a lot of research uh, from two points of view. For, from one, it, has, it came from the ADHD research, and another one came from sleep deprivation research. But interestingly, both of them arrived at the same conclusion, and that is that the human mind is only capable of intense focus for periods of about 20 to 25 minutes. The average they say is about 23 minutes. So no matter how alert or tired or not tired you are, your ability to focus, and this is measured by how many times you're able to click a button when a, when a dot appears on the screen or how many times you miss clicking that button. 
your ability to focus drops dramatically, no matter what your starting point is, at about the 23rd or 24th minute. So if you do a 25-minute set, you know that you're spending the most focused time you can on that activity. Then you take a break and reset and go do something else and come back and do another set. Similarly, with cold calls, it's the ability that, and you know this, when you get on the phone and you start talking, you have a conversation, you can easily go to the next one and the next one. And it's a lot harder to start your day or to do the first call. So the benefit there is the fact that you kind of get on a, on a roll, right? So, it's, it's, again, it's focus. Both of these are focus. Okay. Side okay. note, we're at the 35th minute of the show. Okay, hold on. Hold on, uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry's you ask a question. Jerry, if I'm a asking stupid questions, you ask a question, and I'll tell you what. I'm, no, dude. That's not my job. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, commentary. I'm okay. the color guy. Well, look. Uh, uh, well, I'm okay, glad yeah. you're commenting because uh, then I'll reveal my source of these questions. Shally suggested that these are questions. If you're interviewing a sourcer to hire, you should mm. ask all these questions that I'm asking right now. He thinks they're important, <laughs> okay? And he's Elvis, and you're not, okay? Yeah, Thank that's, you much. that's a quandary okay. then, isn't it? Yeah, Okay, Jerry, I'm going to ask Jerry a question, okay? Explain the difference know, between that, using... Those questions, those, those questions, they're just too... They're, we're using such vague words. I mean, why wouldn't you just ask, hey, what's the value of being focused and, and, and doing something all at one time versus being scattered? I mean, why would you ask questions with words that people don't even know what you're saying? Just to... I mean, are, are we unaware of sourcing terminology or something? Is it possibly Portuguese? <laughs> hmm? how, Is that how, how you're tying this whole thing in? How dare you? Okay. <laughs> I gotta, I'm moving on. Use regular <laughs> words, would you, people? Okay. Okay. Uh, we all know the just, we all know the benefit of focus, don't we? I guess. Okay. No, uh, you know what? Does. I, I liked. I actually no. found that 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 was like a, one of the most interesting things on the show so far for me. Okay, I liked Shally's answer. I liked it. Well, the fact that you didn't know that should shock us all. <laughs> Nothing. The difference of making twenty calls in a row instead of making one call and then going to get a cup of coffee, and then looking through some notes, and then going to the bathroom, and then making another call. Who doesn't know that? Well, that's how a lot I of work. people don't know that. Uh-huh. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Back in my okay. back in my recruiting bullpen days, when I was learning recruiting in the eighties, we yeah. would have two two types of time. One was called prime time, and the other was non prime time. Prime time was you had your call list and you sat there and you called your people. Non prime time was going to make copies of stuff. It was checking in with your other people to see if they had any new ideas on stuff. It was hmm. go interrupt your colleagues' time. Okay. But during prime time, you weren't to be up and around. You were to be sitting there making your phone calls. I mean, it's called focus. I'm surprised okay. that's an alien concept for many people. Okay. I guess that uh, tells me why I'm kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You're the best yeah. president there ever Once was. Again, I'm okay. the best. Yeah, okay. Okay, Shally, we're love, back to you. I love being reminded of that. Yeah, Shally, please explain the difference between using parenthesis and quotation marks 
in a search. Jerry, do you know the answer to that one? Come on. That you should no. know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people actually um do get get that I'm confused you know, mixed up. Can can I the can I interject here? I'm not a sorcerer. Yeah. So what? So, I mean, uh, that's not my. You learned yeah. that in grade school. Yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. Don't listen to him now. Go ahead. Your turn. So a parentheses encloses the argument. So basically, you're saying the things that are inside of this parentheses need to be solved for first, and then the quotation marks enclose a phrase or a forced phrase, words that have to appear together. So if you want those words to appear together and not in separate parts mm-hmm. of the page, you put them in quotation marks. If the words are yep. alternatives or synonyms, you put them in parentheses. Okay. Name five places you can go to find alternative keywords to include in your search strings. Jerry, this is hands-on takeaway stuff. Go ahead, Charlie. This is finally. It took us 40 minutes to get here, man. So I would say some that of us are busy. For sure, look at the hiring manager's resume and the interview team's resumes or the you know the hiring committee. They'll have things on their keywords on their resumes that may be different than what's on the job description or in the requirements. Second place I would look would be competitors. What are the job postings that other companies are using to attract talent that is similar to the talent that you attract? There may be other technologies or other keywords that are used in those job postings. The third would actually be company names themselves because sometimes the same job is called two different things at two different companies. Uh, one of my classic examples, which I don't even know is still relevant anymore, but back in the day, software developers or software engineers that, that worked at Yahoo called themselves Technical Yahoo. That was their job title. So if you wanted to find people that were engineers at Yahoo, you wouldn't search for software engineer. You would search for Technical Yahoo. But if you look for company named Yahoo, you would find you know, people that work there. So the company name itself would be a good one. I would also suggest that you look in the names or the, the um, associations, organizations, bodies, standards bodies that are relevant to that particular industry or job function or job so that you can find other keywords that might be applied there. It, it, you'll see maybe a glossary or terminology that's used on those websites. I do that a lot. I'll, fi- I'll find the conference. And then in the conference, they'll be like, here's the different sections today. We're going to be talking about this and that. And I'll use those terms as keywords as well. So give me an example of when you've done that. Can you think of one? Well, last time I did that one, I was looking for people that came out of a uh, what's called captive lender environment. So a captive lender is a, a lending organization that only lends money to people that buy that particular company's products. So if you've ever bought like a Toyota you might have financed the Toyota through the Toyota lending company, which is not the same company that makes the cars. Those Uh companies are called captive lenders. And there's only a certain amount of them. I think uh, about 24 of them or whatever. And I needed somebody that knew that industry really well. So I needed to find all the people that did this particular type of product management in companies that were themselves captive lenders. So I went to the conference uh, it, it's actually called the Captive Lender, the Captive Lenders Conference, part of the finance uh, finance website that I found. And on that website, they had the topics that these speakers were going to talk about. I had no idea what those topics were before that, but I learned about what those topics were because these are the things that are important to product managers that work for captive lenders. And then I used that jargon 
when I was looking for resumes. Okay, let me let that suggests another question to me. So, what about every everybody says that if you're going to be a good recruiter, you've got to have a niche. It's pretty clear to me that you're not working exclusively in the captive lenders niche. So, do you disagree with that bit of wisdom that I just stated? I don't. I think that that wisdom is looking at something from a different perspective than what we're talking about. For me, I'm sourcing, and the sourcing skill set carries over to all industries. But if you're developing a business and you want to get clients, that's where I believe that you're, you're hearing that feedback that you should have a niche. In other words, sell your business in a particular vertical to become an expert in that vertical versus what I'm talking about, which is a skill set. It's not necessarily... Uh, hold on, Shelly. Wait a second. If you can find a product manager in this uh, uh, captive lender market, you know, something you've never worked in before, obviously you knew absolutely nothing when you got the search, okay? That's right. Uh, if, you, if you could do a good job, and I'm assuming as the father of uh, sourcing, you've, you did a good job, then, then you don't need a niche, really. What you're, I, I gather from, from that you don't need a niche. Can I well, answer I the question do for Shelly? Business development, so I don't have. Can I answer the question? Yeah, go for it. Shelly's not a full desk recruiting agency. That's right. So he's not developing a database that gives him synergy, momentum, networking, and referrals, focus, of and I am, business but of expertise. Are not. That's the difference. Yes, so well, I do and that the clients are the ones candidate. to pay the bills. Correct. Right. That's why I was explaining so, the So his ability to find a captive lender isn't going to help his next project to find a, a power engineer in Milwaukee. So he doesn't need a niche. His, his niche is his ability to source candidates. That's right. his focus. That's right. So he, yep. is, he is in a niche animal. Shally, uh, so, do you I want to add anything exactly. to what uh, contradict? Did I win or not? Uh, let's see what Shally says. Let's see what Shally says. We only heard one side. Go ahead, Shell. No, he's absolutely right. I think that when you're developing a business, you need that Rolodex, and that Rolodex should be in a particular vertical or niche. Yeah. Why? Me, why? I'm why do you need a Why do you need a, a niche because Rolodex? I don't get it. You You can do anything. Okay. And economies of scale. Yeah, man. Referrals, what do you mean economies dude? of scale? What do you mean economies of scale in this context? What do you mean? The more you do something, the better known you get for doing that thing. The more people call you, whereas instead of you have to call them, right? So okay. the more you develop that particular specialization, the phone rings and people are asking uh-huh. you to do that job as okay. opposed to you having to go up and drum up business. Okay. So if right. you and a lot of it is if- already being done. You don't have to recreate the wheel each time. Recreating a wheel as a full desk recruiter is not what you want to do. Everybody knows you know that. what? Apparently, uh, Charlie's making you. a living doing it, so don't tell me you can't. You can't make money no. like that, okay? No, but I'm man. not client development. You don't even know the. You don't even know the difference here, animal. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. I do understand yeah. the difference, Charlie. I know what you do for a profession. Animal apparently does not. Charlie. If you were going to start a recruiting business tomorrow, what would you do? Like, what niche would you pick? Sorcerers. 
Okay, so you'd go into the recruit. Okay, and what's your second choice? What's what like in regular Recruiters. business, not not recruiting? Sourcing manager. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, if I if I had to pick a second one, sales. Sales. Okay, why would you do go into sales? Because salespeople always get back to you. It's uh-huh. the easiest audience to get a response from. So uh-huh. the hardest part about recruiting in sales is trying to cut through the chain, you know, cut through the through the BS. You got to be a good bullshit detector because the salesperson's number one job is to sell themselves. Uh-huh. To be a good sales recruiter, you've got to be able to figure out who's selling the product and who's good at selling the product versus who's just selling themselves, um, which is more about you know your experience versus the outreach. One of the most frustrating things for me in, in recruiting is the fact that you reach out to someone and they don't reply. Okay. So, okay, oh, I see. So that's why you like sales reps. And how would you bill? Would you bill on a percentage of the base or in total expected earnings? How would you bill them for sales? Uh, well, my service would be 100% free. I would only get a percentage of the earnings that that salesperson brings to the company. For the for the next year? For the rest of their life. Well, well, no, I kidding. don't understand. <laughs> no, for that job, for that company. Yeah. Hold on. No, tell if me how you would build them. I don't understand. I you a good salesperson. Right, let me explain. You're the client, and I go find you a really good salesperson, and you hire yep. them. Then I'm yep. going to get a commission on all their commissions as long as they're working at that company. Yeah, who, who's, I've never heard of that. Well, you could actually sell that to somebody? I have no idea. You just asked me if I would, what I would, what I would do. I'm not doing it right now, so maybe I'm, you know. Okay, now hold I'm on. Uh, I think though Perry Gorman, she was Perry Gorman back then, and she told us that she plays stock traders, and I think they called that, uh, and I, also Paul. What was Paul's last name, Jerry? Paul. Paul Pippet, something or other. And he also, they made huge amounts of money because they had these trailer fees, right? And I think that's what you're talking about as, as well, Shally. Okay. Sounds like and, it. And how, how would you go about getting business? Would you just phone CEOs or, or, or sales managers or VPs of sales and say, hi, I'm Shally, and I want to do some uh, uh, recruiting for you? How would you develop a business? You know, without your reputation, that's why I'm asking you to leave the uh, sourcing uh, field. Yeah, I got you. I think one of the best things to do would be to talk to the salespeople that you've worked with or placed in the past. Because if you did a good yeah. job by them, placing them, and at some point, hopefully, they'll become managers. And Okay, be, you're you starting know, out fresh. You're, you're a new and you are just started out your business. You haven't placed anybody yet. How would you pick up business? Oh, that's a tough one. How would I pick up new business that doesn't know me? Well, yeah. I probably would have to do it through, uh, you know, social media and SEO, gaming the gaming the advertising side of it. Oh, you mean so you'd want people to call you? You would develop uh, do do marketing on social media, hoping that people would call you. You wouldn't and do SEO. outreach. Yep. That's right. You wouldn't do any outreach do to other people. The outreach would be via email, but not via the phone. I mean, the outreach would be to people that subscribe to a newsletter. So I would create content to attract people to subscribe to a newsletter, and then I would market that way. Uh huh. Okay. So that's what you and you think you could. I'm sorry to beat this to death, but I'm interested. You think that you could come in as an unknown and get people to sign on for a newsletter, and then 
ask you to do work for them. That's your strategy. Is that right? Yes, that would that would be my strategy. And you would start out generating enough interest for the newsletter by what posting articles on LinkedIn. Is that what you're saying? Not just LinkedIn, everywhere, Facebook, uh, getting you know published in newsletters, uh, other people write newspapers, magazines, getting interviewed on TV, radio, wherever I can get the content out there. Uh huh. And you would come up with your content about sales just from your existing knowledge, or would you do research about sales techniques? I would curate knowledge, curate other people's knowledge. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if people are falling asleep with this, but this for me is very interesting. I'm really curious because you, you consider yourself a kind of a businessman, not just a, somebody who's in his basement doing the name lead gen, right? Can I, can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you something? Yeah. Might, you know, might throw a, a, a wrench in this whole thing. What I'm describing is exactly what I did 23 years ago. That's how I got into this business in the first place. When I started – sourcing. I didn't know shit about sourcing. Nobody did. I just started writing about it. I had a newsletter that I sent out to like 20 people, and then it was 200, and then it was 2,000, then it was 20,000, then it was 200,000. And that's how I got, you know, I, I, the first thing that I did in the business was to create a cheat sheet that you could download for free. It was the sourcing cheat sheet. A lot of people still have that original one. I have version. it somewhere. And then, yeah. yeah. That was it. That was content marketing 23 years ago, 24 years ago. Okay, but mind you, you got to say, it was like virgin snow at that time. I mean, you had no competition, right? It stood out naturally. Now, if you're moving into a field like sales, there's tons of people doing the exact same thing. But are they doing content? I don't know. Okay. Uh, We've got a few people who are really uh, specialists at that. Uh, Joe, What's Joe's last name, uh, Jerry? Mullings, Joe Mullings. Are you familiar with him, Charlie? I, I lost track here. He's a what, Joe Mullings. He or? he's a he does his focus. His recruiting focus is on surgical technology. He spends half a million dollars a year doing uh, social media marketing. Uh, as so people call him. He doesn't have to make any outreach calls. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, so there's seven minutes left. Uh, of, is there anything special you'd like? It's really gotten interesting. I, I like to hear what, what your uh, ideas would be to, just to set up a new business. So anything that, that uh, you, you want to talk about that I have? I have lots more questions because they're your questions. But anything that you <laughs> want me to talk about that we haven't for the next five minutes? Uh, Judge. Not really. I mean – Okay, so here, tell me to. Uh, okay, uh, now you have behave. I hate here's behavioral questions. I always think they're dumb because who can remember what they did? But Dan Chait was on the show years ago, and he said, "Look, if people really did it a lot, they're not going to have any trouble reminding you or telling you or remembering uh, when they did something." So here's what you've got. Tell me about a time you conducted a deep, sorry, deep internet research and competitive intelligence activities to bring an especially tough sourcing assignment to a successful outcome? That's a pretty good closing question. Go ahead. Well, I pretty much do that every day. I mean, I don't close a wreck every day, but I very frequently get uh, at least two or three times a week, I get a new wreck that I need to deal with. So um, that's, you're right. That's something that, that is easy for me to recall because I do it all the time. The most recent one that, um, that just came in is, uh, is looking for, a certain type of 
corporate counsel. So it's a, 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 an attorney that knows contracts, specifically business contract law, and is able to also negotiate. So basically they're the attorney that's on the phone with the client that does the contract and also does the negotiation. So that was kind of unique, and uh, they, they need to be from one of three particular re uh, cities, basically. So there are three cities where they wanted us to look. So that was a completely new, um, you know, a, a brand new search for me. So for that, I, um, I developed a little custom search engine, looked across a bunch of different law firms in the three cities, and then was able to use that custom search engine to find the, the bios and profiles of those attorneys at those law firms. And uh, it took me a little while to figure out how to reach out to an attorney because a lot of times the first thing they do is, you know, they, they're going to try and get you get your business. So they want you to, they wanted me to be a client. Um, so I had to tune my, my outreach a little bit, but eventually once I figured it out and I was able to, to cut through that, then I was reaching out to uh, quite a few people and, you know, word got out. So one of the things that I found is that these attorneys don't mind referring other people. They're actually really generous with referring people because there's like this unspoken rule that if you're in a, in a law firm, like if you don't want to have billable hours anymore, that they'll help place you with a corporation. So going corporate is not seen as a bad thing. It's seen as a lifestyle change. A lot of uh, attorneys that I spoke with said, you know, I'm tired of, of living life in 12-minute increments, which is their apparently their billing increment or whatever. So that was the motivator. So I, once I figured that out, I used the, the search engine and the outreach and that messaging to reach out to these law firms. And even though I would you know, reach a, a, a lawyer or an attorney that wasn't looking, they were very happy to refer me to one that was at their firm. And I was able to oh, get a couple of really? hires out of that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I found that lawyers are, are, are good at referrals uh, as well, although I haven't done, done, done it recently with lawyers. Final question, sales, if you were moving into sales, would you work within a certain industry or just sales in general across all industries? Hmm. I think I would probably want to focus in an industry, but I haven't thought about which one. So if that's your next question, uh -huh. I don't know which one. But I would want to focus in an in, in – in, by industry, I mean broader, like – software sales versus government sales versus, you know, construction, right? Like I would want to choose one of those. Um, um, and I'm not sure which one, but yeah, I think I would want to focus on an industry. Jerry, do you yeah, want to yell at me for anything before I sign off? Jerry? He's gone. Maybe he's gone. This okay. was fun, man. Shally. Appreciate it. Uh, do you want to yell? you want to criticize me for something or criticize Shally before we sign off? Me? No, that was Shally. Shally said this was fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was Jerry coming in. Yeah, yeah, I woke up. I let me get my chance. Shally, you got to come back again, okay? Thank you, Jerry. Nobody else spoke up. Michael G. Cox, thank you. Shally the Great, uh, what's the website again? Just LinkedIn. Shally, S-H-A-L-L-Y. Thank you.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.